Now, we speak on the whole of October about ownership. Ownership. Now, if you don't understand ownership, you will not understand anything about your life. There's three things that you need to have a revelation on and to function in. Who of you have felt somewhere in your life, I am not living, I'm just existing? Jelle wat jelle handen nie opsteek nie, jelle lichters. Listen, I've been there. The church world never taught us years ago. We had this big idea, God is this terrible being sitting ready to punish and torment you. And uh, so we served God out of not going to hell. Help me. And never out of a love relationship that he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son that nobody will perish. Nobody, nobody. But who believes in him will be saved. Now, the, the thing why we function in that mindset is we try to figure out three things. We try to figure out what is my identity. That means why am I here on the face of the earth? What's the reason that Elsa and Peter Toy had four children? I was the third first, and then we've got a fourth brother, and I've got another half-brother, and uh, he's Tasha's age, so you can see my dad was a rooster. And uh, so I had that middle child syndrome. Who was a middle child here? Oh, my word, and that's a horrible feeling because you don't know where you fit in. Help me, as you grew up, because the parents first fiddle over the oldest one, then the middle one comes, and then they have a younger one, and now the younger one is the, the attraction thing. Now, it's, it's, it's unaware that parents can do that, but that's not how I felt. And then I accepted the Lord in 1969. Jesus. Did I just say 16? In 1996, when I was born, and uh, then I was in the Storms Pentecostal, Brother Leon will identify, and some people sprung on, she not here this morning, and we grew up in a very staunch Pentecostal church. I feared my first pastor's wife more than what I feared a witch doctor or the devil. She had a mustache and a little moussey. I don't know what you call that little thing. And hair grew. I 
out of that thing. And then she had black stockings that she wear with a black pencil, that line here, and long dresses and a bun. But if she looked at you one night in a meeting, she grabbed me on the neck while I was praying, and I say, God, judgment day is on me. I'm going to die. She's going to break my neck. And whatever she says, you say yes. You don't argue. You don't, you, 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 you. And she said, you're going to hell. And I even said yes. Because whatever she said, she was right. So we grew up in a mindset of this terrible existing on the face of the earth. And I was even a pastor, a minister. Then I didn't know. I thought I'm just here to minister to people. And I was skinny when I arrived in Greyfontein 41 years ago. But it's visiting all these aunties with cook and milk tart and sweet cakes. And you do four or five hours. I was a good pastor at that time. And you did all these visitations. And you even blow up. And then one day I visit a family. There was trouble in paradise between the husband and wife. And he said, do you want tea? She said, no, I already made the tea. And uh, he said, I'm going to leave you to, to sort. Did she share her heart? But she gave me a cup of tea out of a flask. The first one went well. But after a few minutes, I felt dizzy. And then after the second one, I thought, I'm getting crazy because there's three of her sitting on one chair now. Because I saw three people, and it's young Cryfontaine in Fisher Street. And I feel, man, the, the world is turning around with me. What the heck? And I need to get home. And she said, you want some more? I said, <laughs> And she said, Pastor, what's wrong with you? And I thought, I better get home. It's God's truth. I got home, barely to home, got in the bed, and I slept like I've never been sleeping before. Woke up the next morning late. So her husband said to me, he phoned me, he said, did you and... Her name sorted it out because you could help her. He said, but why did you leave so early? He said that my wife gave you the tea out of her flask. I said, yes. He said, oh, my word, she put Valiums in. She's on the Valium Kariki. And I said, oh, Jesus, is this all what I'm existing for? So I was miserable. I didn't enjoy my life because I thought that's all what life is about and uh, what's your portion is your portion because I didn't understood three things. My identity, who I am in Jesus. We work with works. Everything was hard work. 
You had to perform. I was plastic. I had a big chap on the front of my head made in Taiwan. And it's hard to be a fake. That's why I refuse to be a fake. What you see here is what you get. Until the word of the Lord hit me. I never had sympathy with people who were in depression. I couldn't handle anybody that's depressed. So there was a minister in our town, and his wife will phone me and say, my husband is on high medicine, but he took some communion with the medicine, and you better get hold of him and hide him in the parsonage depository. They're at our home. So I did that a few times, normally once, twice a week. And one day, have you seen when the sun shines and suddenly dark clouds come? The American got a saying, I'm under the weather. Now, I was not under the weather that day when I had to rescue him again. And he's, because he tore up all the statements for the auditors and all the rubbish papers he filed in the study, all the checks, every, I mean, how, that's now, that's many years ago. I was not under the weather. I was the thundering. You know, that's the dark clouds. And something came over me. And I said, what a shame, pull yourself together. You are a child of God. You're not supposed to look and be like this. I was rude. And then he said something in his calm voice. He said, you don't understand what I'm battling. Wait till you face one day the situation. Then we talk again. Now years went by. He died. And I woke up one day that situation. Depressed, oppressed, compressed, all kinds of presses. My day become my night, my night, my day. Now I know you, whoever had experience like this that you can just thank you for. Did you catch something or did you raise your hand? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So you, you, you'll help me preach this morning. You'll help me preach. And then I realized I had to get out of this hole. Anxiety. I had to broadcast. And the moment when I'm in front of the camera, panic. Panic. There was times that beyond one time had to smuggle me out of the church to get me home. Because of this thing. And then I realize. This is not what I'm here for on the face of the earth. I'm here for something greater than just existing. Just being in survival mode. Just to be a success. I'm here by the grace of God to impact the world. And change nations. And then the scripture starts speaking to me. Now. Your identity. Your purpose. What's the function? Uh, am I just here to be a motor mechanic, a, a doctor, 
scientist, a police officer, a housewife. Uh, what, what's the reason? Because we think that's all. And that's the set of the enemy. Because he knows one thing is against us. It's time. The time that we are functioning in. I have learned I've wasted time. There's people that are my age, uh, 38 plus that, and they look like old people. And then when somebody or these people, the other day I was talking about old people, and Lancel said, how old are they? I said, I think 52. She said, how old are you? I said, no, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about them. They're old people because they look old. You, you, you see, this is a thing that we need to discover. You're not just here. I was an oxygen thief in life. I just go through the emotions, go through the routine, and uh, hope to die. Now, I know not one of you ever had the idea, I, I just want to die. I just want to leave this earth. Until I discover I cannot do it without completing for what I was chiseled out in life. Now, if God is my owner, if I belong to God, he purchased me, he redeemed me. <laughs> now, now the, the strategy of the enemy, he wants to overthrow and fiddle with your foundation. That's why the psalmist cries out in Psalm chapter 3, and I think it's verse 11. Is it that one? No, it doesn't have 11 verses. Where are we now? He says, if the foundation, Psalm 11, he says, if the foundation are destroyed, he says, verse 3 of Psalm 11, what can the unyieldingly righteous do? Listen. He says, or what has he, the righteous one, brought or accomplished? So I need to build my life on the right foundation. It was imprinted in my mind as a child. You never walk in front of a woman. You never go through the door before a woman. And it's my nature before the girls, Kayla, anybody, if they see, I will go and let them pass. She said last night, Opa, you're such a gentleman yesterday. And I think, why? That's how we grew up. I was built on a foundation to do these things. You know, you open the door for somebody that you care and the husband for his wife and whatever. Today the wife needs to open the door for the husband. Now, now all the things are so messed up. But I want to bring you because ownership. Now, God is so jealous about you. He said, you cannot serve anything above me. I am a jealous God. Say, God is jealous about me. That will help you boost your self-confidence and bring back the things that you were battling that God doesn't care and nobody cares. And No, no, God said, I am Jealous about you. 
Yes, Lord. Yes. I'm jealous about you. I love you so much. I redeem you. I purchase you. You're mine. I came and dwell inside of you. I made you my temple, my dwelling place. He said, that's what Paul was addressing the church in Corinth. He said, don't you know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? And you don't belong to yourself. 1 Corinthians 6.20 is the theme, the foundational scripture. And it says, serve God now. So then other God and bring glory to him in your body. You were bought with a price. Purchase, purchase, purchase. He carries the title deed, the ownership papers. The devil is a liar and his pants is on fire. He doesn't own you. He doesn't have authority over you. He doesn't have dominion over you. The devil cannot just do what he wants to do. The earth doesn't belong to the devil. The earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. He gave the high heavens belongs to God and he gave the earth to the children of men. Say, I am a person of authority. So, so don't blame the devil. I was coming to church and somebody was sitting next to the N1. You know, we live in Belleville, eh, close to Karl Brommer and whatever. And there was somebody next to the road and I want to stop to give the person a lift. And he said, no, I don't look a lift. I said, why are you crying? He said, I'm the devil here in the Western Cape. He said, my heart is so sore because all the Christians always blame me. They bump their toe, then they say, it's me. They just should have lifted up their feet. He said, they have the word of God. If they apply the word, they will know what their position are. Now, that's just a nonsense story I just said. There was no devil sitting next to the road. I will drive over him. Now, here is the thing. When Paul addressed the church, now let me help you with a few things. And he said, we are God's very own possession. Go to verse number 19. So then honor God and bring glory to him. He says, do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit? Listen now, the next thing. Who? Loves where? Somewhere just in heaven. No, within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, you are not your own. I give myself away so that you can use me. Here I am. Because what God wants to tell you and me this morning you are a person of capacity, potential, ability. The sky is the limit because 1 John 4, 4, he carried the revelation about Jesus and about the new birth. And he says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Now, the problem doesn't lie in my spirit. Have you read in the book of Thessalonians that you are a spirit? That's the real you. You live in this earth suit. 
and you possess a soul, your mind, your intellect, your will, your emotions. Have you ever read that scripture? Thank you. Now, if you understand you are three-dimensional, when you die, this earth suit, if they burn you or bury you, it become either ash or dust. But your, the real you lives for eternity, and your soul is going to be there. That's the place where we think. So our biggest battle is not in the spirit man. Our biggest battle is up here. Because remember now what we said last week, three things, three enemies against you. It's the world around you. The world does this. Say, come, come. You decide you're going to go on a diet and you pass limnos. The cream cake never did anything to you until that day when you pass limnos and all that cakes are looking at you. And they say, take me, eat me, please, eat me. Chocolate eclair, eat me. Custard slice, eat me. Help me. Because you say, I'm going to stop doing this. And then things you never bothered about suddenly invites you, the world around you. Satan direct against you. You are the enemy of the devil. It's not your husband or your wife. You and I, the devil hates you because he was not created in the likeness and in the image of God, Genesis chapter 1. He was a fallen angel. God gave you his ability, his potential. You can have his mind, think like God. He gave you character. He gave you anything. And that's when you build a life of character. You build it on seven things. By knowing these three things, who am I? I'm called, I'm saved by grace. I'm no longer a sinner. I was a sinner. I'm saved by grace. I am a new creature. I have the greatest ministry on the face of the earth. And not a title, the ministry, each and every one of us have it here. You were made, listen, he gave you the ministry of reconciliation. I've seen the dead raised by the grace of God. I've raised people from the dead, and I'm not boasting about it. My sister was one, and Andemus the other one. And I never told people, really. The Joy magazine got hold of the story, and they published the story, and it was a true story. And, uh, but that's not a great miracle. That night when the glory cloud came in the building, and that man with a withered hand and foot that was walking like this, when he walked under that cloud of God's glory, he went down in the air. He was, it, it happened in spread of seconds. Some of you were in that service. He was instantly healed, healed, hit the floor, and start running, completely healed. I've seen how a little girl with brain damage hanged as a chimpanzee on her grandmother's neck, and when she moved under the God's presence, she was instantly, she opened her eyes for the first time in 11, 12 years. She could speak and communicate and could see. Everybody said, wow, that, no, no. You have the greatest ministry to get sinners saved. To get the lost back to the father heart of daddy. God, listen, people. And this is where the thing comes. 
because now we need to understand we're three-dimensional. And information without application always leads to an abortion of that information. I need to apply it. Now, the enemy tries to tell you you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you, you, you've made a mistake yesterday, and you've made one 20 years ago, and, and it's um, <laughs> interesting. I was listening to a radio program while driving, and they spoke to an alcoholic person, and then the, the reporter or the guy said, not once, three times, you were not an alcoholic, you are still an alcoholic. Who doesn't you? And I sat there and think, no, no, that's the AA saying that. You know what AA stands for? I'll take off. And uh, so the AA said that the Alcoholic Anonymous, you, I am an alcoholic. I am a drug user, even if you are, they call it rehabilitated. We say, no, you were. You are set free now. You are a child of God. You are an heir of God. You are a joint heir with Jesus. You are seated in heavenly places. You are a person of dominion and authority and jurisdiction. My Lord, come on somebody. You are the vessel. Such a powerful, uh, 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 let me get the word now, a valuable, uh, precious stone in an earthen vessel. That's who you are. You're not defeated. You're not hopeless. My Lord, come on, somebody. You are God's own possession. He gave you all the tools, all the power, everything. He gave you his Holy Spirit. And the function of his Holy Spirit is to function under the unction. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said, will lead you and guide you in all the truth. So I cannot be moved now by emotions and the worldly cosmos system because there are two battles continually that you battle with in this world. It's the spiritual world and the natural world. Will three people quickly come here? Shame. She needs high shame. Look, she tore her trousers. Oh, my word. Is there somebody? The mother also. And the sister. Shame. Thank you, son. Stand for me there. Body, soul, and spirit. Three dimensions of the human people. When she gave her heart to the Lord, the spirit man came under control. God's possession. Born again. Born from anew. Born from above. But she lives in a body. And she has a soul. Your mind. Where you make choices and decisions. Were you born with this hair like this? You can see you sisters. Oh my word, your mother had a tough birth. This is like sandpaper. No, I'm teasing. Listen, she wants to serve God. And God is connected in her spirit, man. So everything about God is in her. Every promise, Ephesians 1, she's blessed with all spiritual blessings in heaven, in Christ. And, 
every promise there by the stripes she's been made whole. God wants her to be prosperous. He wants her to move in a dimension because she became a new creature. God gave her the greatest ministry to live out, and she, he made her to be ambassador in body, soul, and spirit. Because people have the thing, my spirit is born again, and I can be messed up in my mind as I want to. That's not going to work. So now Paul comes and he gives me all this information. She's the one actually that controls this three in one. Help me. That's why Romans chapter 12 says, don't be conformed to the world because this thing connects to the, you don't see this. You see this. You don't see that. She's the mind. You're the mind. Oh, now you know how young I am. He's the body. This is connected to this world with desires and, and schemes and want passions. I want to be led by whatever. But God's instruction is that the spirit must control everything. That's why the Bible says being led by the spirit. Now, now, the spirit will never lead you in error. The spirit man will never say, oh, you're too tired, it's okay. I want to meet with you in your bedroom while the service is this morning. It's actually, you know, it sounds spiritual. Oh, I had people tell me that. They say, we come to the front of the door, and the spirit of the Lord said, no, it's not you and the people today. It's only me and you. And then I look. And I want to sing an Afrikaans song. Ali kinders van die jeres nie popos nie. That means papaya for the American. Because popo means in American language something completely different. Papaya. So, for her to be in control of the body, soul, and spirit. This part is linked up with God. This part is linked up with the natural world. That's why we can see each other. There was no ghost and no spook that took the water. It was just me, my lightweight. When I step on the thing, it just tip over. Because don't say now. And don't send me a text or a dove, a pigeon with a message on his leg. That was God telling you that's the sign. Now, for this body... To heal the sick, to cast out devils, to preach the gospel of Jesus, to be salt and light, to be a world changer, a history maker, to be everything God designed you for. We need to work on this one. Because inside your body, the spirit wants to communicate and tell you. And, and, and uh, like in this morning, eight o'clock service. God let me prophesy to somebody and I walked away and I heard the Lord say, do this. And I thought, no, this is emotions that moment. And I heard again, do it. And I did it. And because I did it, I know I unlocked the greatness of God for a flood of provision come. Now, this is the culprit. Because the mind. Not she really. They sweet. 
a sweet. She needs to renew her mind. The mind controls and tell you what people said, how you feel. What was the three enemies of last week we spoke on? Um, guilt, distractions, and excuses. God doesn't fall for that. He doesn't operate with guilt, with distractions. He's just got, and you heard me saying, he has just a plan A for your life. Not a plan B and C and D and E and F and Z. That's it. Just got a plan A. Because when I walk in that plan A, this body, I qualify, I open myself up for everything God promised. But for the enemy to fight his identity, I'm too skinny, I'm too fat. I don't have, oh, he's got hair. I don't have hair, I do, I do have hair. I'm too old, I'm too young. We have all these excuses all the time. I made that mistake. And no, no, no. You need to change your mind to see the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Now, if you, if you read Scripture, you will see how God functions with the three things all the time. You are a, a spirit. You live in a body. You possess a soul. The tabernacle was built in the outer court, the holy, and the holy of holy. So it's three-dimensional all the time. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three-dimensional. You see, and that's what God wants you to understand. Now Colossians says you have the, the fullnesses in her. Say the fullness. Not the double portion. I hear prophets and people preach, Qualify for the double portion. You're going to have twice as. No, no, no. God doesn't want you to have twice as much. He wants you to have the fullness. We say religious stuff and it sounds, but it doesn't free people. It puts people on limbo, jumbo, makes them doing the stickland shuffle. They just go through like this. There's no excitement with a pep in your step. And wow, it's wonderful to live. I understand if you're not there yet. But here's the key. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Don't be conformed to the world. Now that doesn't mean with makeup or no makeup and a hat and no hat and a long dress and no long dress and no trousers and no whatever. Some woman really needs makeup. Did I just say that? No, you beautiful, natural as you are. Listen, he says, but be changed. It's a word we hate. Have you discovered we had a microwave there in our kitchen? And I tried to figure out how old that thing is. What did we come to the conclusion? Is Kayla, Tasha? Tasha and them grew up with that, and Tasha's nearly 60. And uh, no, she's not really. She's not. That thing could be 30 years young. I let it service. I keep it. It's one of that big microwaves. It's an empty cell. I do soap in it. We do food in it. We do everything in it. And then there's the, the cabinet maker. He refurbished the whole kitchen. And then Lanzel said, Noah's Ark must get out of this kitchen. 
I said, no, I'll go nowhere. Because I don't like change. Help me. You see, we battle with change. But to walk with God is a continual changing experience so that the fullness can manifest. So what's God's purpose? That less of me, but more of Jesus until the perfection comes that people can see Jesus in and through me. So I sent in the microwave for a service. I went to game. I thought it's going to take a few days. And, you know, I have habits. Is there some people that have habits? I cannot drink coffee with cold milk. I've been that for years. I, if somebody gives me coffee with cold milk, I'll find a way, go to the bathroom with my cup and pretend while I'm visiting you, I'm just going to go and taste like castor oil. I need coffee with boiling hot milk. So I boil everything in the microwave. So I went to order a brand new microwave, one with a shiny face and everything. I brought it home and we put it on. And here the guy who serviced the microphone called me and he said, did I say microphone? Oh, Jesus, help me. Microwave! He said, your microwave is ready. I'm ready to deliver it. So we had to take, Manziel said, just leave the new one there. I said, no, it's going back into the box. It's going for Kayla and Gabriel. I want Noah's Ark here. And Noah's Ark is ugly. You know, there's some stuff that's broken, but I keep Noah's Ark. So I went on Friday, and I thought, okay, the kitchen looks so beautiful. Maybe I really need to get rid of Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark can go to the factory or the way I have the art, do the art and manufacture soap. So I bought another one. And then I said, okay, Kayla and Gabriel, you choose which one of the two, the new ones you want, and they chose the smaller one. We took it, and the new one is standing there. Now this morning after 5 o'clock, I get up, and then I want to heat up. I first drink boiling hot water with turmeric. That's why I'm so yellow. With lemon juice. And then I drink coffee. Now I need to figure this thing out. Because it doesn't, it just have buttons. It doesn't have something you can turn and just press the thing. Later on, I felt that same dark cloud that I had with that pastor wants to come over me. And then I think, why can I not see all these? And I thought, oh my word, I don't have my glasses on. That's why I couldn't see the things. I pressed the wrong buttons. But you see, we don't like change. Change is the thing to be changed and turned into the image. Because God could have chosen. I was this yesterday, last night, go through the thing. Why did God choose you and me and everybody on the face of the earth? Can I tell you a secret and you promise not to tell nobody? If I was God, I wouldn't choose me. Help me, somebody. 
I need your help. Come on, Queen Elizabeth, say something. Mrs. Trump, what's her name? Donald Trump's wife? Who? Who? Okay, whatever. Melani. Say, say, man. You see, this is the thing. Because until you come to the point where you want to be what God wants you to be, you're never going to live in your full potential. Now, you know how I was uh, I had a funeral home, and I made compost out of many people. That was all the people that gave me a hard time. The sweet Christians that we buried, I said, oh, they're phenomenal, and they sweet, and I was walking in front of the hearse, and the pastor next to me, and he said, this brother gave me hell. And I speak like Popeye from the other side. I said, don't worry. Today we make compost out of him. <laughs> you see, I've learned. And let me help you with what I've learned in life. The most wealthiest place, and I said it last week, is not Kuwait with the oil. South Africa with diamond and gold or other nations. The cemetery. How many of you sit here with great assignments? You have a godly assignment for great things to happen with you. And it doesn't happen yet because our mind plays the role. Was it you, sir, that I gave a lift the other day? Some of your groceries stayed behind in my car. Oh, my word, packets fell out. Nolan, get some money there and bring it to this gentleman. And uh, listen, bring him 200 bucks there. I gave him and his sweet wife. They from Sarum, Zuar. You from Zuar? Yeah. Give it to the gentleman. That's uh, just a blessing. Buy a hamburger. Listen, and what happened was, until you discover there's a greater life than what you're busy with right now. A greater life than a divorce, a disappointment, you slip in life, you made a mistake. Whatever, there's a greater life. And that life is because you don't belong to yourself. You're God's very valuable possession. Not one of us paid a life here to redeem somebody. Money cannot bought redemption. It costs the unfailing love, the agape love of God to say you are mine. Intellect cannot do it. How educated we cannot do it. What the world expects from me cannot do it. It's what God expects me to change the world as a world changer. Now, because God knows there's an enemy against you. Every morning when you wake up, the devil said, what can I do today to trap her or him? How can I make them unhappy? Who got up in the morning and you excited? And in midday something went wrong. And you were not like you were the morning when you woke up. 
Thank you. Is that the sign, Gabriel? That's my grandson. Is that the sign, Lovey? I must stop. Okay, I'm landing. Listen, what changed that? Because the world against you or around you, Satan against you, and he used the inner fight, the soul dimension, to say hurt and pain and disappointments. And he puts his finger in that thing. There's a scab on, but until you get rid completely and say, my mind is renewed. I am what the word says I am. And I'm going to be on completely rulership. God owns me. Jealous about me. And what God, there's a God part and there's my part. God's part is he said, I love you so much. I did everything. Now I leave you in Deuteronomy 30. You make the choice, choices, choices. We're all the product of what we choose yesterday. The choice you make today. How many of us made choices? Now I asked that last week. And then you discover it was a wrong choice. I had a couple. The girl played for me the organ. That time, years we had organ in the church. And she played for me. And she never had a boyfriend. She was American before I ever set my feet in American. I think I was there 123 times or whatever. She had this high heels with this bushy hairstyle. Let me see if there's American hairstyle here. You know, they fancy the ladies there. Yeah, you. Yeah. So she came and she, she said, I'm going to get married. I said, to whom? Because I never, she's beautiful, petite and beautiful. She said, to so-and-so. I said, does he serve God? She said, don't give me that nonsense. She said, my mission in life is to get him saved. I said, girl, because now she threw me the God card. God told me. Musicians, come. Is there a musician in the house? Come, lovey. And God told me. I said, listen, let me help you. I said, I'm not only your pastor. I'm like a father to people. I said, this is not God. She said, don't give me that nonsense. I'm telling you it's God. I said, okay, let me help you. You need to get another minister to marry you. I'm not going to make a wrong plus a wrong is going to be a right. She was angry with me, vicious. And she said, you always think you know. I said, no, I don't know anything. I can just tell you out of the word. Sweet, she could sing. She said, at least I hope you're going to sing at my wedding. I said, yeah, I'll do that. And the song I chose was, please release me, let me go. No, that's not the song she wants to hear. She wants to hear the Ave Maria thing that I sang in very high notes. And uh, what happened? Give myself away or I surrender. Can you play that beautiful? Isn't she beautiful? She got grace suddenly overnight. Overnight. 
listen what happened. Two weeks went by. Came to the office. Amy said, somebody is waiting in there for you. And this is trouble. So I walk in. I saw somebody looks like she comes out of a tumble dryer. The hair is flat. I looked from the back and I thought down in the office. And when I, the same girl two weeks ago with this hairstyle, the high heels. And she's dark, dark look. She immediately accused me. Why didn't you stop me? Stop you from what? From marrying this man. He's a devil from hell. I said, girl, I told you two weeks ago, don't do this. She said, oh, when the honeymoon was going, the honey was sweet. She said, but after two weeks, the honey went out of the door and the moon stayed behind. She said, he gets so vicious, he grabs me on the hair and pull me down the passage. And she said, I cannot live with this. A few weeks ago, now I'm talking about 35 years ago. A few weeks ago, her mother died and I phoned her. She's in hiding. She said, after 35 years I left him I couldn't stand it anymore and then sometimes we as ministers say things you don't want to hear I said it took you long to correct the mistake I said I told you so I said she said but I feel I said don't feel guilty I said Make a quality decision. Stand up. Lift your head high. Go out in public. And be yourself. Because for 35 years, you killed your potential. You never lived out as God's piece of property. I said, and your whole life is miserable. Now, this is the thing. Renewing your mind is daily at a choice. Because if this is born again, and this is not, This whole person lives in division. You live in division. Your spirit man says one thing. Your mind says another thing. And your body wants to do something different. Now there's conflict all the time. Because now I operate by he said, she said, they said, what, whoever and what the world says. Propaganda. This mind is so open for all the negativity. You start speaking death over your life and you're no good and you're unworthy and never going to work and never going to happen. Now, please don't say Gustav said divorce. So that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. Listen in context. If that little girl's mind was renewed, 
and she would took godly advice. She would be in total unity. The problem is, and I'm really closing now, we live from the outside world, try to live on the inside. And as God's property, you cannot, you cannot. Jesus, believe in you. The works I have done, you will do them also. Say, I will do the works of Jesus. But he didn't stop there. He said, you will do greater works. So you're destined for something so great. And it's going to cost you to live from the inside out. Last year when we moved in this building, I became sick. I was very sick. No energy, couldn't pick up a chair. Went to see a doctor and he nearly killed me. Inject me with the wrong stuff. The more I get these injections, how more horrible I got. I was sitting here in the foyer while they were preparing. and This was just a shell. Everything you see here. And I heard this doctor's name. And I said to myself, there's no way he can see me in the next hour because he's so booked. I found these consulting rooms. They say, if you can be in a half an hour at this consulting, he can see you. That's God. So I went there and I said, oh my word. If you keep on one more of this treatment, we're going to bury you. He said, I need to change everything. Now, isn't it amazing how more you feel, how more you try to say what you feel? Because the doctor told me they have to do tests and my white blood counts went sky high. I don't share all these nonsense stories and what, but that's true. And I found out later on, I start agreeing with what I feel. I don't agree with what the Word says. And how more I agree with what I feel, how more I upset everything inside of me, because this wants to rule your spirit man, be led by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God's connected to your spirit man. And then my body goes with what I say because you are ensnared by the power of the Word. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. How more you speak it, how more it's going to happen. And I thought, devil, you, Jesus said it, and I said it to him again. I said, I stop, I change what I feel, what I see. And I start believing what the Word says. And boom, I came out of that thing. Because God wants this. Now, if God, the Spirit is in her, the Spirit in Lady Kadaiva, in Mrs. Trump, Nana Maskuri, in Jean-Claude Van Damme, in Mimi Kurtze, 
and uh, whoever. Then we have the, the same. Will you say the same? The same spirit. Is that true? Jesus said, and the Bible says, uh, that spirit lives in you, dwells in you. And then Paul says, if the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwells inside this body, it will quicken. So God doesn't lead her different. And he leads me different. And he leads another person different. Because at the end, we are confused on the world. So the same calling that's upon her, this is the body. Oh, on him. This is his spirit. This is his soul dimension. He's upon all of us. A new creature. New creature. New creature. He gave us the greatest ministry of reconciliation to reconcile people to God. To win the lost for any cost. He made us as a whole, as ambassadors. Why doesn't people live it? Because they are divided in themselves. Two things. There's seven, but let me give you the two. Number one, you were created by God for God. So that God could enjoy you. Didn't place you on the face of the earth just to make it happen and he put you on the face of the earth to change the history and destiny of people. Help me, somebody. He put you on the face of the earth to, to display as the salt of the earth and the light of the world what Jesus is. That's why you cannot be religious. You need to have a relationship with God. So you were created by God, for God. That means you are a worshiper. Worship is not music and singing, and that's part of it. But worship is by giving. Worship is cleaning the, take a broom in my hand, cleaning a toilet, pushing somebody's car, be obedient, give some. What are we doing at Lovedale with feeding the thousands upon thousands? It's worship unto God. You're called to be worshiper. God said because people brought him sacrifices and they didn't love him. He says your, 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 your lips say the right thing but your hearts are so far away from me. Listen. God says I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to love me. God wants you to love him. He loves us unconditionally. I'm serving God 51 years, in ministry 46 years, in this town for 41 years. Oh, Jesus, that's old. Help us. Help us. I disappoint God millions of times. God never disappoint me. Never. Never. Ah, here's that hairstyle I was looking for. Fianca. Bianca, what's, what's Trump? Oh, my word. God never disappoint you. So you were created to be a worshiper. Number two, he created you to be part of his family. You need to belong. You need to belong. We're part of a family. You cannot make it on your own. Jesus himself went to church. He was in temple. He said, let me give you the scripture, then we're going to pray. 
Oh, my word. Let me give you the scripture. This is the scripture coming. God planned me for his pleasure. And then my second purpose is I need to belong to a family, for a family and to a family. 1 Peter 2.17 says, love your spiritual family. <laughs> 1 Timothy 3.15, that family is the church of the living God, the support and foundation of the truth. 1 Peter 1.3, God has given us the privilege of being born again so that we are now members of God's own family. Ephesians 1.5, God's unchanging plan, God's unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. And this gave him great pleasure. So my first purpose is that my life will be, he will be the total focal point. What my life circles around. And number two, that I will be part of this family of God. This morning, thank you, body, soul, and spirit. This morning, you are a person with capacity, potential, ability. Who changed the watch? It was now 11 o'clock, now it's 12 o'clock. No, it's not really 12. We're still on time. This morning, you say, I want to make this. Peter says, make your calling sure. Make a quality decision this morning that you're going to be everything God wants you to be. God's going to enjoy you. He's going to take pleasure. Remember that song. Take joy, my King, in what you hear. Oh, my word. Where did I get that note from? Step on my toe that I can get a higher note. Step on my big toe. Let it be a sweet Sweet sound in your ear. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. Feel it, Gustav. His name is also Gustav. So when somebody say negative things about me, I say, no, it's, I think you talk about him. No, I don't do that. Take joy. Take joy, my king, in what you hear. Let it be a sweet, sweet sound your prayer this morning that we sing the song just stand to your feet wherever you're watching this morning I love you Lord and I lift my voice to
Father, we are standing before you this morning because we discover every day more and more we are not our own. This world is not our own. We give ourselves away this morning so that you can use us for your glory. We want to say this morning, take joy, my King, in what you hear. And let it be a sweet sound in your ear. Because body, soul, spirit, we are your possession. We renew your mind according to the word. That's why we can say, I am what the word says I am. I can do what the word says I can do. I will achieve what the Word says I will achieve. And I can have what the Word says I can have. I come against every plot and plan of the enemy. I come against any depression. I come against every negativity that the enemy will try to attack people's in their minds and say, you have no authority. Somebody say no authority. On television, say no authority. Say, devil, you have no authority this morning because I belong to God in the mighty name of Jesus. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, pray with me this morning and let's all of us pray, say this prayer in this room to help our audience wherever you're tuned in or maybe in this room. Say, Lord Jesus, I've heard the word of the Lord. I have faith in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are the Lord of all this morning. Jesus, forgive me my sin. Wash me in the blood. Put my name in the book of life. I'm going to serve you, God, from this day forward. In Jesus' name, I pray and I say thank you. You need a physical healing, a physical healing. By his stripes, you are healed. You are made whole. You are set free right now in Jesus' name. If you need financial breakthrough and provision, say, my God, I am a giver. I have given. I am a sower. And I know because I sow, I'm going to reap. Because I hearken and obey to the voice of the Lord, my God. And all these blessings will come upon me. I am blessed in every aspect of my life in the mighty name, the name above all names, Jesus' name. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. Tomorrow night, the life classes, don't miss that. Sign up for it, and it's going to be great. Let me get somebody that can quickly pray for us.